Hey guys, it's Janelle and Eddie. And before we let you listen to this episode, we want to just remind you that this podcast was designed in a way for us to have conversations with friends like in our backyard about current events, things we're working on, whether it be a learning, whether in this case lately, it's been about the pandemic, social injustice, lots of things that are near and dear to our hearts. And Although we don't want to be giving you tons of information about social injustice and inequality and racism, those are the things that our family is experiencing right now. Those are the things that we're having topics of conversation around in our family. And so we wanted to let you in on this conversation because this is something that happened to us. And if we were friends, we would be sharing this with you. Yeah. And, you know, on the Push Podcast, we try to tackle things like personal development and business and and everything in between that that helps you show up differently in your life and to push through things. Well, having empathy, understanding other perspectives, understanding that the world is vast and large and you have to have a diverse thinking and conversations. That's why we think that this conversation is appropriate on the Push Podcast, because we want to give you perspective and help you see the world in a different way, if, especially if you've been seeing it in one way only. And the reason why this is important is because we have friends and family, quite frankly, that that we don't see often that they don't have a lot of diverse friends. They may not live in a part of the world where there's lots of diversity. And so what we have found lately is in talking to friends and family like that, they are only ever coming from a place of perspective based on what their experience right. is. Or are so, there people there around them? So right. people who are just like them. So think about it. If you live in a small little suburban town and it's got relatively small population, people generally look the same. Maybe there's a very small percentage of blacks or Mexicans or brown folks, let alone there's no Indians, let alone there's not lots of gay couples, let alone it doesn't look like L.A. or San Francisco, something more liberal, let's say, where there's a melting pot, a plethora of different type of people, then, you know, these are conversations that you unfortunately don't get to experience with anyone. Right. And so when we recorded this, we were like, do we really want to play this? Like, do people care about this? And the fact of the matter is, These are conversations we wish we could have with you, those of you that live in non, you know, melting pot areas, because these are conversations that are going to help push you into greater empathy, greater understanding, greater sympathy for others, greater inclusion, greater... And just open up your mind. And, And I think we believe that proximity is king. Proximity is everything. The closer you get to things, the better you have an opportunity to understand it. And when you get to a place of understanding, then it brings you a different level of awareness and allows you to act and behave differently because of what you've been exposed to. And so we're just trying to get you to be exposed to some different perspectives than hopefully that you've ever experienced before. And hopefully it plays a good part in your approach on life going forward. Right. So although this may be a quick kind of off the cuff, funny story that we share with you, we really do think that you expanding your belief system, your structure around thinking, your structure around inclusion and considering other people's opinions who may not be similar at all to yours, we really do think that that's going to help you win in business, in life, in your career in relationships. And so we decided to share this with you as though you were a guest 
over to the Copeland household and we were having a barbecue in the backyard, of course, social distancing. <laughs> but we hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy this conversation, if anything that we say pushes you to gain new understanding or just think about things in a different way, please take the time to leave a comment, send us a DM, write a review, because we want to make sure we're on the right track with you. Uh, some of you may say, I don't really want to talk about race anymore. If you find yourself triggered by this episode, then guess what? It's for you. It's for you. Yeah. It's because we love you. And if you have a question, DM us. Yeah. We would love to have this dialogue and keep going forward. We we understand that being the, your very best version of yourself requires you it to take on. It requires discomfort. It requires discomfort, but also requires you to hear diversity and understand different ways of thinking and different ways of seeing the world. And so that's what we want to give you. So here you go. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. You yeah, all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Welcome to the Push Podcast. This is episode number 73, I believe, right? You should know what you're going to say before you hit record. Did it's you almost hit record? like it's like I want the, the, the audience to guess. This is episode 73 of the Push Podcast. I want to start with a what in the world. You're just going to jump right I'm in. I'm going to jump right into it. Okay. All right. So we have been enjoying our uh, wonderful 16-year anniversary here in Oceanside, California, enjoying the beach and the, you know, being right at the shoreline. Is that what it's called? The shoreline? I don't know. I don't know all the beach terms quite okay. yet. Okay. Uh, and we have been staying in this lovely condo. Okay. I would call it a condo. Uh, and it's been great. And earlier today, we had a, a, a visitor walk into our place <laughs> of dwellings and Wait, living. Can we can we back it up? Well, first of all, yeah, back it up. Go ahead. It's our 16-year anniversary. Yeah. 16 years on the 16th of January. So by the time you guys are listening to this, it's a couple days past that. It's 10 but days past that. This yeah. is uh, a really big year for me because this is the first year in 16 years that I didn't need a reminder of the actual <laughs> date. And people that have listened to the podcast before, right. like last year, last anniversary, know that I'll call Eddie on, you know, the 15th or wake up and be like, happy anniversary, honey. And he's like, happy anniversary, babe. But today's not our anniversary. Right. So I just want to be recognized a little shameless self-recognition for myself. 16 years on the 16th. I can't mess that up. No. So now going forward, I'll know, okay, 16 years on the 16th next year will make 17. Like I'll know this. No, that could be no. really confusing for yeah. me. Yeah, well, it's on the 16th, it'd be 17th. Well, the point is this year I couldn't screw it up. Yeah, so, so you got it. You got it correct. So I did a good job, yeah. right? I love you. I'm I thankful you. for you. <laughs> couldn't imagine my life without you. So happy anniversary. All right, let me ask you this before I finish my what in the world. Okay. In 16 years, what is the one thing you- That you do the most to 
drive me crazy. I wasn't going to ask you that, but go ahead. Fine. You use too much toilet paper every single damn day when you go to the restroom (laughs) and it sits in the toilet. And I swear to God, it's it's just unnecessary. Eddie's like a multiple rapper. Like he will wrap it, wrap it, wrap it around his hands. It's just unnecessary. This is way too much information. This is way too much. I just want to know if you guys could leave a review, comment, no. send me a DM. I just want to know how many times do you wrap the toilet paper around your hand? I just want to know. I wasn't going to ask you that. But Anyways. That, okay. Way to out me on. Uh, okay. I was going to say national television, but we're yeah. on national TV. Next, I What's, will say this. Okay, go ahead. Um, and then I'm going to give you the whole floor. I swear. No, good. So Eddie, my wonderful husband of 16 years, booked a beautiful getaway for us. We've stayed at this condo in Oceanside a few times. Love this little place. It's a one-bedroom condo. And, you know, the first night that we got here, I was like, honey, we don't have to rush and do all this stuff. We're going to be here for two nights. Like, it's fun. You know, it's fine. Let's just chill. Let's relax. So first night we stayed in. We just, you know, got some food to go. It was beautiful. Woke up the next morning, walked to a little cafe leisurely, took our time. About 1130, the property manager <laughs> of the property calls and says, um, Miss Copeland, uh, the cleaning people just got to your place and they just informed me that all of your stuff is still there. And we're trying to figure out why, because it's 1130. You guys were supposed to check out at 10 a.m. this morning, which was late checkout because we have other clients coming to stay tonight. And I was like, ah. Yeah, no, we're supposed to be there tonight, too. We were under the impression we had another day. And she said, yeah, no, your husband booked one night. Yeah. So that was my what in the world. <laughs> what is what in the world? That was um, my But too. I didn't need to say that because you felt bad about it. Yeah, it was and, horrible. You know, the thing is, who cares? I don't know. It wasn't something to be upset about, but I know right. you felt like you disappointed me. Well, I appreciate me. your understanding. But it was, yeah, I don't it was, care about stuff like disappointed. that. disappointed. So then I was like, all right, we have two options. We find another place or we go back home. <laughs> yeah. So, but this was actually on our anniversary. Right. So it was important we stay by the beach. So randomly, I happened to be looking at like beachfront properties for sale in this area. We're right on the beach. And so the night before, I had seen that a couple of houses down, there was a condominium complex and there was a condo for sale, a two bedroom. And so I wanted to check it out. And randomly, I had to cancel all of my retreats from 2020 and probably 2021. So I had a huge credit on file with a beachfront property location, which is where I usually you know, host my retreats. So we were able to get into that same condominium complex and get that same two bedroom that's actually for sale. And so then they were like, we'll just give it to you for a week since you already have a credit. So it worked out even better. Yeah, it's amazing. Now we got to get the kids and they're here driving us crazy. Yeah. (laughs) We love you guys. So what the long story short is we didn't belong in in the one bedroom. We belonged in the and the two bedroom, million yeah. dollar condo, <laughs> the one point six right. million dollar home, which plays a huge part in my what in the world. Okay, so let me paint the picture, and then you can take over. <laughs> so today we've been here now since Saturday, so Sunday, yeah. Monday, two, a couple of days, and we're getting ready to leave um, to go have dinner. And Kayla can't leave because she's in locked herself in the bedroom. She's recording. She's doing all these audition videos for college. And she's like, I have to stay. You know, I'm on the 37th take and I hate it. So we're getting ready to leave without her. And I'm in the bedroom putting on a sweatshirt. And Jasmine and Eddie are in the living room. 
And all of a sudden, some random guy walks into our home, highly secured home. Types in the code, comes right in. And the crazy thing is me and Jasmine are basically, to picture this, there's a doorway and then there's a long kind of strip where you can see right through the entire house. Very open concept. So we were beeline with the actual door. Mm -hmm. So we're watching him as he's opening the door. And both of us are kind of like, who the hell opened the the door? Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of a shock. I immediately I thought, he's coming to the wrong house. Like maybe we left the door unlocked. Right. right? So just to paint a picture, it's an older white guy. It's an older white guy. And I say, hey, I think you're in the wrong house. He goes, nope, I'm not in the wrong house. You're not supposed to be here. Who are you? Like kind of. In a very like assertive, yeah. Who are you? Like aggressive. You're not supposed to be yeah. here. I go, yes, yes, we are. I said we've been here for a couple of days. And he goes, no, you're not supposed to be here. I go, yeah. He yeah, goes, why yes, are you here? You're not supposed to be yeah. here. I go, yes, we are. And then, like at that point, I was like, so he asked it twice though. Right. He said, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Right. And, and I said, Eddie said, yes, we are. Like in your joking voice, right? And Jasmine's just sitting there, like, <laughs> looking at, at you, guy. looking at him, looking at you, like, what's happening? So I hear this. And so at the same time this is happening, I'm thinking, did we make a mistake? Were we supposed to check out? Because you already <laughs> yeah, had, that, already happen, had right? that And so I'm traumatized so says, by that. you're not supposed to be here. Who right. are you? What are you doing here? So I walk out and I said, what was the first thing I said? Um, I said, hey, is there something going on? It seems to be some sort of mistake or something because yeah. we rented the place for a week. And he yeah, goes, and, I, and I said, yeah, we're supposed to be here all week long. And he said, and he goes, no, you're no, not. I, I called. No one's supposed to be here. Yeah. And I said, well, then you're misinformed or something is wrong because right. we are definitely <laughs> uh, rented and fully paid until Saturday. So right. you need to call the company. And he goes, huh, that's interesting. Mind you, you guys, he is fully in our house. Right. The door has closed behind him. And he is now like having in a our space. Yeah. And now yeah, he this random guy that we don't know. We have no idea who he is. And this is a multi million you know, dollar you're, you're piece there, of property and he just waltzed right in, right? He, yeah, he walks right in and he goes, Oh, I'm the real estate agent uh, for the owner and I'm here to grab some I need to find some keys. Yeah, and we're so like, do you mind if we if I just grab what I need real quick? And I'm like, um, sure, okay. And at this time, I'm kind of like speechless, like, okay, how? Do, what? What is happening right now? Yeah. What in the world is going so then on? So it gets really awkward and uncomfortable because he's there for. He was probably here for a solid seven five, minutes, ten, yeah. five to seven minutes. Okay. So now I'm like, so you're an agent? Is this the property that's for sale? I saw it online, and he goes, Oh yeah, it just sold though. I said, Oh okay, and he goes, Yeah, I just got to get these keys, and then I'm gonna go check something real quick, and then I'll be right back, and I'll lock these up, and I'm just like. We're literally walking out of the door. I said, well, we're going to wait for you to leave because we were heading out and my other daughter is here. And so this is a really good thing that like we caught you and she wasn't home alone, you know? Yeah. So he's just like getting the stuff that he needs to get. It's awkward. It's silent. And I'm just like, this is just wrong on so many levels. I swear there's a point to this. So he winds up leaving and... You know, Jasmine was immediately upset that he told her father, you shouldn't be here. What are you right. doing here? Why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. And and, and I want to give some context because most people would have in his situation. I'm thinking this is most people and I could be wrong. will walk in and say there must have been a problem. Right. They, their stuff right. is all here. Right. right. They didn't just like this sneak is an in. entire family. <laughs> yeah. This is an entire family. They mm-hmm. didn't just sneak into this place and just, you know, just hang out. Right. 
So I guess the thing is, is like I immediately when he left, like as he's like taking too long, I'm like, why is he in our home? Like I want him to excuse himself and get out. So immediately I called the office and I said, I need to understand why a man who's a real estate agent, apparently for the owner, was given access to our home and just walked straight into our home and not only told my husband and daughter that they shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here two times, right? but wasn't really apologetic. Didn't excuse himself. Hey, you know, I'm going to come back another time. I'm so sorry for the, you know, and the thing is, is you're a real estate agent of a property that you know gets rented. So this shouldn't be a surprise to you. Right. So then, you know, I tell the, the person in charge of the property, here's the thing. I don't want to make this about race, but I very much feel that it was because I had to walk out and say, I think there's a problem here. You know, you're mistaken. You need to contact Diana at such and such. And, you know, and then kind of like just made him back down. But I just wonder what was going through his head when he saw you, because let's just paint it in a different way. If he would have walked in and it would have been an elderly white couple, would he have told them you don't belong here? You're not supposed to be here. It's difficult to believe that he would have used that same language. Right. right. Yeah. 100%. And let's just say that he would have. The conversation that we had with our family was from Eddie's perspective. If Eddie, a 6'2", yeah. bigger black guy, walked into, you know, a home just like he did with bad information. Hey, it's vacant. Go ahead yeah, and walk honest in. Mistake right. Can honest happen. mistake. If Eddie walked in on a white family, would you have told them you're not supposed to be here? Right. What do you think they would have done? Oh, my God. Yeah. If you would have walked in. So we're sitting at dinner. I'm thinking to myself because we're just having a conversation. I was like, God, if the shoe was on the other foot, I would have quickly tried to apologize and get out of that situation as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. For many reasons. One, because I was intruding on on a family who was unexpectedly. Two, you had bad information. They told you it was vacant. Clearly it wasn't. Clearly it wasn't, right? Uh Three, let the police deal with it. If it (laughs) was, they weren't supposed to be there. 100%. I'm not going to, like, I don't even work for the same company who rents these things out. So Uh I could definitely have the wrong information. Mm -hmm. And so just the approach in itself and like when people like we talked about in the last episode that I know a lot of people are going to um, hopefully it's triggering. And we talked about uncomfortable conversations with the Copeland. But I think what people would need to realize is that is, in a sense, what white privilege looks like. Mm-hmm. His ability to continue to walk in. Mm-hmm. To and, continue to take seven minutes to do right. what the hell you needed to do, and even to though it was back inconvenient and with for me us. And say that. He, you didn't he, belong. I there. didn't belong there, and he did. Mm-hmm. When actually, no, I belonged there. You didn't. Right. Right. He didn't belong there. I was the one that was supposed to be belong mm-hmm. there. And so it just, you know, it was one of those things where it took me a, a second. But if the shoe was on the other foot, there is a burden that, as a black man, that I carry mm-hmm. that I don't want people to be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, whether it be at an ATM or in a compromising situation. I want people to know that, hey, I'm I'm a good person. I'm going to be a person of service. I'm going to help you, whatever the case may be. And so I would have probably really quickly tried to dismiss myself mm-hmm. and try to explain why I was there really mm-hmm. quickly and then leave. Right. 
Because you don't know what could have happened. Some woman could have, you know, called the police. There was a tall black man that entered my home. How did he get access? Right. So here's the reason why we're talking about this. You know, the, the Push podcast is about pushing you to gain a new understanding, to potentially try on a different perspective. And right now with so much, you know, racial divide and social injustice and inequality and all these conversations you may be deciding that avoidance is best. You may right. be deciding that, you know, I don't have to be a part of these conversations because they don't really impact me, right? Right. And so as your friends, we want to let you know, one, the types of conversations we have to have with our kids and our family. And I wanted you to understand the type of conversations that like my husband as a black man has to not only like put himself in these situations, but he has to decide what's the best way to keep you and me protected. hundred I would have to immediately, you would have to immediately back out and just leave the premises because who knows what could have happened, right? Oh yeah. And what if they were, he said, I'm glad I didn't find you guys in a compromising position or situation. Uh, okay. That's enough from you. Get out. Yeah. Right. But yeah, what if you would have? It's our anniversary. What if we were getting busy or something in the living room? And so, I don't know. The reason we wanted to talk to you about that is because the, the point of this episode is about being in a place where maybe you're not supposed to be. Right. Or being in a place where maybe others don't think you should be. Right. Or being in a place in your life where you're not satisfied. You don't have contentment because you thought you'd be a lot further. Yeah. So it does tie in because it's about, you know, the expectations that you have have come from your experience. They've come from what you've seen, what you've been accustomed to, what you see other people doing. So this is a conversation that maybe you're not accustomed to having. Maybe you're not accustomed to thinking about, oh, my God, if that were me and I was black, what would I have done differently? What would I do if the police were called? What would I do if they arrested me? What what if they you would have left? They called the police and then you get pulled over two miles down the street in Oceanside because you fit a description. Well, yeah. And, and they ask very you, sir, did you go into this house? Yes, yes I did. Yeah, it could have very easily, it could very easily, if it was the shoe was on the other foot, said, right. he said he was a real estate agent, but he, he should have known, like it. right, or whatever the case may be. But I, I, I also, I want to capture this thing too, because some people may be looking at it going, God, I just don't like when everything turns into a race thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to tell you why it's so important to hear stories like this, especially when we put the shoe on the other foot, is because we have to build a sense of consciousness in every single person on this planet, mm-hmm. but specifically in the United States, because of the fact that we are dealing with racial inequality. Mm-hmm. And when we bring to light situations and scenario that help you consciously say to yourself, oh, I can see how that goes bad. And what it does is it continues to further the, the eradication of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it furthers the idea of kind of being woke and understanding what other people go through. Mm-hmm. And so this is a story for you to think, what in the world is happening? Because that's crazy. But also for you to say, okay, this is an opportunity for me and to enlighten myself a little bit of how other people have to see the world and how they have to move through it. And so I just want that people to really understand that because I think when, when people hear these stories and go, what if it wasn't about race with the guy? The reality is, is that when you look at this story and you look at the situation from what we saw, there's no way that there 
He didn't feel bad at all. No, he didn't about, feel bad. Like, oh, he didn't let feel me get he out. This intrusive, is intrusive. Right. He felt like I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. And just to go back to like thinking about the Capitol, the people who were in there, they were shouting out saying, this is our house. Right. Our we're taking back our country. Right? And so there's a we sense of entitlement mm-hmm. that I think that is that runs rampant in our country. Mm-hmm. And he exemplified that whether it was consciously or unconsciously, right. he felt that he still had a, a reason to be here, even though we're staying here. Like right. these are our domains for this week. And know? I think that that's important to you, like point out though, because people get very triggered when you say white privilege, but you know, it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's something you're not even conscious of. Right. Him continuing to stay in here. Like he belonged here. He thought, Oh, well we're having a decent conversation. I wasn't putting you in jeopardy. Right. Yeah, but you're still not supposed to be in my house. And all we're trying to get you to think of is we're trying to get you to recognize if it were a black man that looked maybe slightly intimidating and you're not, you know, accustomed to being around other black people and some random black guy just walks in your home. He's not going to tell you you shouldn't be here. What are you doing here? If Eddie used that same tone the same language, it would have looked really aggressive coming from you. A hundred percent. And that would have been a hundred percent up to their interpretation. Right. And I think the conversation would have gone differently. I think that there Well, is... you would have had to choose different oh, words. My God. But yeah. that was the point of us having the conversation at dinner with our girls is, you know, as a black man, you would have had to do things differently. That to me is the epitome of like why we're not on the same page right now as a country. Because people are not thinking, oh, shit, if my skin was a different color, I see where they're going with this. Eddie, you're right. You probably would have had to treat me differently if you would have walked into my home, you know? And that's all that we're trying to get you to do is just see that different people who don't look like you, they have to have different conversations with their family. They Mm -hmm. have to respond in a different way just because of the color of their skin. And if you're listening to that going, no, they don't. They just need to be people. Then you that's the reason why we have to have this conversation because of the fact that you're oblivious to the fact that these are real things that people talk about and people of color have to really consider and think about is how they operate in this world and how to keep themselves safe, but at the same time, not trigger people that may be afraid of them. Right. Right. And so that's a cognitive burden that I have to carry when I think about interacting with this world. But, you know, there's part of me that look at that situation, the guy walking in and saying, if I would have responded aggressively, even though he was in the wrong, all of a sudden I'm in the wrong. Right. Right. So I think I want to I want to leave this here. Yeah. I really want to open this up. I'd love for you to send us a DM, you know, at Cope with Eddie, at Janelle Copeland, leave a review. This is like a really short and sweet episode, but I want to know what has your experience been like with race? Mm-hmm. What what information can you share with us that would help enlighten us on something that you've had to overcome or an issue that you've maybe had to learn the, the hard way or yeah. a time where maybe you offended someone, but it wasn't intentional, right? And you had to learn from that. Because I think this is where we start to heal and mend and start to kind of come together as a community when we can have difficult conversations like these 
without the rage, without the anger, but with more empathy and understanding. So yeah, and I hope that's what the goal is, is to get to a place of understanding. Like you hear this story and you go, I totally understand. Now, if you want to be an ally to that understanding, if you want to do something about that understanding, that's when you need to make sure that you continue to have conversations and ask questions and be curious about the black experience or Mm -hmm. the brown experience or the whoever the internet people that you're interacting or the gay experience so that you understand that I just can't live in my bubble. I can't just operate out of this place of like, I've got the world figured out from my vantage point and it seems to work for me. I don't understand why it's not working for you the same way. I think we all have to get to that place where we say, okay, I don't understand the world you're living in. Let me better understand. Let me open my ears. Let me open my heart so that I can hear you so that we can make change in this world and we can define things. And I was just telling you this before we started recording. I'm I'm reading, because it's Martin Luther King Day whatever we're recording, I'm reading one of his books. And one of the things that he said is the, the greatest danger and the greatest problem that we face in this nation is that we define equality differently. Mm-hmm. How I, as a black man, define equality is different than the white man that walked in today, mm-hmm. right? And, and how, how do you think? Because people are going to say, well, you don't know how he defines equality. He may not be racist. He's he's maybe not racist. He's probably I mean, not racist. And, and that's the thing. Most racism is not a conscious, like overt, mm-hmm. you know, you call people names and right, you right. burn crosses. Mm-hmm. A lot of the racism that we see today is very unconscious, mm-hmm. right? And so- like he doesn't consciously have to think about coming into someone's home and not necessarily supposed to be there. Right. right? And still engaging mm-hmm. in a conversation where I have to think about that. Right. So it reminds me of this Instagram post that Sean King shared the other day. So it was this white woman in a restaurant and this black police officer was telling her to stand up from the table. Please come with me. She was so outrageously rude. I'm not going anywhere. So he puts his hand on her wrist and he says, ma'am, please come with me. She's like, I want you to take your hand off of my person. You're violating my rights, you know, this and that. So he, it's just this long ordeal where he's like, ma'am, please get up from the table and come. Like he, she is refusing to listen. She's talking about all these constitutional rights. She's going to get an attorney. And he said, you need to come outside with me. She's like, I will call the police on you. This is kidnapping. It's like, I am the police. You did something wrong. You need to come with me. She causes this huge scene. And all of a sudden, this white officer comes. And now he's more aggressive with her. Like the black police officer Mm -hmm. was just taking it from her. Right. Right. It was so bad. And she was just so privileged. The white officer comes. He aggressively gets her up from the table. So she is still upset. She turns to the white officer. She says, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself. She's treating him differently. It wasn't okay when the black officer was trying to get her up to arrest her. And it just reminded me of that's an equality right there. I'm a black police officer. I'm telling you what to do. He's using so much grace, so much kindness. He was never aggressive with her, wasn't forceful. Why? Because she already had it in her mind that she was the boss. She was doing no wrong. And anything that he did, he was going to be accused of like some sort of foul play. 100%. And And so you're saying that as a black man, you have these, this awareness that there is a certain way that I need to treat people so that they don't feel threatened, so that they don't accuse me of things before they even get to know me. Yeah, I am playing to the part of them 
that they don't recognize that I'm aware of. For right. example, I'm more of aware of a white person's unconscious bias or fear than mm-hmm. they are themselves. Mm-hmm. And I see it in so many different ways mm-hmm. that they can't. For right. example, when you talk to someone who was up in arms and you know hated Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee mm-hmm. in protest of police brutality and mm-hmm. inequality, or I should say injustice mm-hmm. for police brutality, and and they don't necessarily spew out the Constitution and how it it is you being utilized right in the air. What they're seeing is. They should stand for, he should stand for the flag mm-hmm. and he it's should stand for, it's not patriotic and there's all these visceral things that just, you know, tear him apart. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously, with all of that backlash, basically gets blackballed from mm-hmm. the NFL. Right. Now we have, every time we have a situation where, like, for example, the people storming the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying their rights are being taken away. Right. They're, they're exercising they're also holding Confederate flags. They're exercising what they are calling their con- their constitutional mm-hmm. rights, right? And the same people who saw Colin Kaepernick and demeaned him and mm-hmm. denounced him mm-hmm. are the same people saying, "Well, you know, it's understandable why they stormed right. the Capitol. The election or, was stolen, or the president, you know." he didn't incite that or mm-hmm. you know and all of these excuses and so there's this like you know you look at these two paradigms and you go oh wow so you're saying one group of people can get away with when, something when, when the other when person wh- here's the thing when white people are going after th- are saying they're exercising their rights mm-hmm. they can do it with aggression mm-hmm. they can do it defying things with guns they can do it with guns mm-hmm. they can do it with harmful violence. words violence mm-hmm. all these different things they can do it with hate speech whatever it is but when a person of color decides to do a silent protest, now this person has disgraced and, and and not being a patriotic. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is like, that's what the huge miss, obviously. But that's where we have the equality difference, mm-hmm. right? Like if I express myself, I'm, you know, in a way to say, hey, that I don't like what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm a problem, mm-hmm. right? Black Lives Matter is a problem right. because because we don't want you in our neighborhood. We don't want you in our neighborhood. You know, uh, it, there's, we don't see anything wrong with what's happening, mm-hmm. right? You're All those things. You're issue. making it a race mm-hmm. issue, and 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 it's that that's the inequality that I see. So when we say we have different definitions, like when we talk about using our ability to for freedom of speech, when we talk about freedom of protest, all of a sudden it's different, mm-hmm. right? One is I'm exercising my rights. I have this entitlement. I can do what I want to do. I can mm-hmm. take this. And one is like, hey, I'm just trying to get you to listen to me. So these same <laughs> people that were saying, you know, well, have you seen George Floyd's rap sheet? You know, this these people are criminals. Yeah. They start trying to find context as to why. Well, he wasn't brutally murdered. He was a criminal. Right. He should have complied. Right. But we don't look at the people that stormed the Capitol, which 95% of them were also criminals with rap sheets, right? Right. With also, you know, white supremacy ties. Right. Who are also like the the main guy with the horns and the face painting had been to every Trump rally in all of like (laughs) in the last five years. So it's like, I guess 
why the president won't condemn that is a whole nother story, right? We have just, so much to talk about. But it's just like and that's like saying it's just a double standard. Mm-hmm. It's like I just want people listening to this to open their eyes and open up their understanding to when they see a double standard to call it out, right? right? To you know. And you don't have to agree with Colin Kaepernick. Like, you don't have to necessarily think that what he's standing for, like, you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree. No one's saying you have to agree. But you can't look at him with different eyes than you do someone else doing something egregious. Mm-hmm. And doing something, because his, his was completely peaceful and it was silent. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was just him. He wasn't right. like, hey, bro, we you should do We have people we know me. who haven't even condemned what happened at the mm-hmm. Capitol, or when they do condemn it, there's also like, but we're not even sure that was really Trump supporters. Right. right? That was Antifa. All of a sudden now it's like an anti-fascist right. co- uh, organization that, you know, is is like a ghost out mm-hmm. there. And so I, I think what this episode is really about is like really look at the world and try to be an objective, listen out, be curious, have empathy. But also when you see something that you go, what, this if this was another, she was on the foot, this would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Identify those things, call those things out, right? And being awareness to yourself and as well as your family, especially if you're not a person of color. Yeah. And this applies to so many things. I think if you're listening and you're gay or lesbian right. or trans, like there have been things that you have to think through and maybe consider the people you're interacting with, like consider their perspective, how they're going to respond that's not fair. Right. And we have to get to a point where maybe we do some of that work for the people that we're trying to create space for. Yeah. And and I think it's the right work because if you are listening to this and, and you agree or disagree, whatever, you have family that don't agree. The one thing I will tell you, and I and we talk about this all the time, is that yet in the in the history of the United States, or I would say in the world, have you been revered for excluding people? Mm-hmm. Have you been revered for silencing people, for making sure others don't have certain liberties? Mm-hmm. Never in, in history is that something that you get put on a pedestal and they write really great things about you. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if not, if you're the one that's, you know, the the ringleader of it mm-hmm. all. Like Donald Trump's not going to be written in history as a great president. Right. It's just not going to happen. And everyone that supported him will be basically in the same part of the history book is mm-hmm. him, is this group of individuals that believe that the United States should move in this direction that was more about exclusion, that was more about being able to demean people, women, people mm-hmm. of color, people with you know special needs, all the different things that, that come along with that. And I think you have to ask yourself, when I think about my life, my family, will they read about something I was associated with mm-hmm. in the history book and go, oh my God, I can't believe my grandfather or my grandmother was a part of this. Like At this point, are they reading your social media posts yeah. thinking, I, I, can't I can't believe, believe my it. grandfather is a part of this? Right. And so I, if you have a tough time with all the things that we're talking about, you got to ask yourself, like, wow, how will this be remembered? Mm-hmm. Right? How will I be remembered? Yeah, because no one's going to look at the history books and say, it was the wrong thing for Obama to push for e- equal marriage, for mm-hmm. a great gay marriage. He's going to be revered over time. Like mm-hmm. that's only going to strengthen his position in history. You're saying because it's about inclusion. Because I know, it's about inclusion. I know a bunch of Christians that are listening that are like, I don't condone that. Right. And you don't have to condone it. No. But, but you, when you stand on the side of history of exclusion. Right. It's just for any party. 
it never works out for you. Right. So and, and, yeah, and so you that's an important thing like know that the way you live your life, the morals that you have, the values that you have, they're fine and dandy for your life. Mm-hmm. But when you start to push that and you start to say that should be reflected in everyone's life and it should be law, mm-hmm. now you're talking about exclusion. Now you're talking about robbing people of certain liberties that they should have, natural liberties that they should have. And I think that you're just going to find yourself in a place where, in, as the history books read it, you're going to be on the wrong side. Well, do you remember a few months ago, um, it was sometime last year, but someone in our, we have a baking mentorship uh, group called Cake Sense. Someone had posted, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I refuse to do a, a, a wedding cake for a gay couple. Yeah. I'm just not going to do that based on my beliefs. And I was like... Here's the thing. You're setting yourself up for the biggest lawsuit known to mankind. And that seems silly to me that yeah. you would let your beliefs create discrimination within your business. Right. Like Target can't do that. Apple can't do that. There are no businesses that should be doing that in 2021. I guess the good question is, is if you were to find out that your grandparents owned a business that was that was white serve. that had a sign yeah. that said white only like you saw a picture that said yeah. white only and a little bitty sign on the side of their little you know shop or whatever they owned how would you feel about that yeah because that's basically what you're saying right if you're saying i'm not gonna make gay wedding cakes right and people just don't realize that they are reflecting history and sometimes yeah. they're on the wrong side and they have no clue until history is written and you go damn, I was on the wrong side. Yeah, and you know, it might be like 10 more years of hindsight for you to be like, oh, I was really wrong in 2020, 2021. But so, I mean, the point of this episode is what? What do you hope that people get from this? I just hope they gain some perspective. I hope it pushes them to like really look at race and where we're at right now with a little bit more clear, objective perspective and, and be willing to listen, even if at first, time hearing something you disagree, just dig in a little deeper and try to understand where someone's coming from, understand these stories. And like, although they're subtle, although that they are in a lot of cases could be looked at as an honest mistake. A lot of times when you look at the big picture, when you look at it from all different angles, you can see the problems with it. And like today with our what in the world, like the problem was like, he felt that he had the right to stay. Mm Mm-hmm. And he literally was in the kitchen, like yeah, for five like he seven was minutes. Out with like us. he was hanging out, just trying to. Well, he felt that he had the right to tell you that you didn't belong here. Right, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? And Twice, it was, right? And you guys, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, we, and I wasn't upset when it happened, but afterwards, I was like, wow. Like as I was, Janelle, I heard Janelle on the phone, and as I started thinking about it, I was just like, he settled in, like. He was the one that wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be here, yet he like we decided, were inconveniencing yet him. Yet he, he decided to stay and conduct his business right. on our time. Yeah. Right? And I just look at that, and you can't deny it. Was, he was an older white man, and I'm a black, relatively young black man. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I mean, could this have gone differently? If It maybe could have gone the same. Maybe he's just a rude person. I don't know. But the way I look at it, most likely it was going to be different if it was someone else. Yeah. If it was someone that felt that they had a higher sense of entitlement that would have said, hey, sir, I need you to leave 
and you can conduct your business on your own time. Well, what's interesting is when I called the property manager to discuss it with them, the more I talked about it, I said, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm upset with myself right. for not saying, you know, I need you to leave. I just need you to leave. It's not my concern. It's not my problem that you need to get something for the owner. You can do that on your time, not my time. I'm paying for this rental. You made a mistake by coming in here and I need you to leave. Right. I should have just asked him to do that. Yeah. And I mean, it, we're just nice people. We're just so nice people. We wanted people him to and, be able- and it didn't seem like a reason to escalate anything at that time. No, but what if we would have left and Kayla was in there filming yeah. by herself? She's 17 years old, you know. What would have happened if she would have come in and like heard this guy or if he would have noticed our stuff and started opening up all the rooms? What would have happened then? I don't know. So it could have been bad. And we're not going to go down the (laughs) rabbit hole of, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. But just, you know, conversations to think about. We're here to push you to different and new perspectives. And I hope that this episode served you. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through